Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to The Big Payoff. This is a show about the many ways that your business growth and your personal growth are connected. I'm Suzanne Mushin, and I'm here with Rachel Bellow, who's my best friend and business partner. Suzanne and I are going to talk to you just the way we talk to each other. And on today's show, you'll hear a little bit of this. So I was finally diagnosed with something called chronic fatigue syndrome, and I was told uh, that I would probably likely never get better. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was at age 38 years old. It's like, hey, this is going to be the rest of your life. First, you kind of go into mourning for the life you once had, because everything you know is now forever changed. Let's get started. So, Suzanne, today let's ask the question and then let's answer it about what happens when you have to stage a do-over. We're talking about a whole restart versus a startup. Those are very different things. When whatever you tried first in your life is done and you need to completely reboot What does that mean for your business? What does it mean for you personally? And later in the show, we're going to have someone in the studio who has a story that will make you sit back and actually wonder if you had the balls to do what he did. So Jordan Rudin, who's the founder of Acres Media Group, is going to be with us. And Rachel, Jordan had a whole other life before the one he has now. And you're going to have to wait to hear the story of his start over, redo, when he comes into the studio. Right, because right now, Suzanne, I want to talk about my boyfriend, and I think you know who that is. Oh, I know. When Rachel talks about her boyfriend, it's always the, it's always one of two people, but I'm pretty sure you're talking about Howard Schultz, who's the guy who puts your cream in your decaf Americano every morning. I'm telling you, that guy is yet again proving that he has, you say balls, I could be ovaries, it could be cojones, I don't know what it is, but that guy is staging a do-over that is so impressive. Yeah, it's, well, let's talk about the reason he had to do a do-over, right? So Howard Schultz launched this campaign last month, no, I think it March, was in March, March, a yeah. couple months ago, called Race Together. The single stupidest campaign in the history of the business world in America. We did a show about it, I think. We did. At the time, we were shaming him. Because we were going to do a different show that morning, and we were in the bathroom checking our makeup, and we heard over the airwaves that he had done this. And we didn't even hear the um, American response to it. You and I looked at each other and go, drop the other topic. We're going to talk about this. So he had an idea, a stupid idea, to put 
a hashtag, race together on everybody's coffee cups. The baristas would do this. All over the country. Oh, yeah. And then he had the baristas starting race relations conversations with the customers. Oh, it was so colossally stupid. I, I'll never forget Gwen Ifill's tweet that morning. <laughs> Who knew she had a sense of humor? Gwen Ifill from CNN, right? Said, my hand to God. If you try to talk to me about race before I've had my first cup of coffee, this will not end well. (laughs) Which was the sentiment of, I think, most people in America. And I can't even imagine being a barista. I mean, remember John Oliver said this proves that nobody says no to Howard Schultz. Because, which actually I don't think is true. I think he really did talk this through. But it was a serious blunder. And one week after he launched it, he pulled the campaign and said, okay, my bad. He was really very big about it. He said, this is, this didn't go well. And I'm pulling it. I think he had pressure from his board to do that. I don't know that he ever listens to his board, my boyfriend. I don't think he ever does that. Were you just calling me your boyfriend? No. Howard. I was referring to Howard in case he's listening, which I think he is because I pretty much send this show to him all the time. I think you need to apologize to Sherry. Sherry who? His wife. Oh, Sherry Schultz? Yeah. She doesn't know what she has. She does not know (laughs) that this guy, seriously, is sticking to his vision. So let's talk about what he, everybody. Yeah, what he did next. Well, everybody thought like, okay, we've shamed Howard back into his lair. He's not coming back. That was so stupid. And then you get these stupid Silicon Valley CEOs going, that was a product execution failure. This is the voice Rachel uses when she's talking like a tech entrepreneur. Yeah. Go ahead. Execution failure, product launch aborted, you know, and Howard Schultz is just totally silent. He's not being defensive. He's not getting on the airwaves. He's not saying anything. Sure enough, he comes back this week raring. With a do-over. He did a 2.0. And this is a case in point for you. I want you to follow what Howard did, and we're going to try to break it down for you in a sort of play-by-play way, okay? So Howard, I love how we just call him by his first name, by the way. Well, he, he calls us by our first name. <laughs> he so does. Like when, it's whenever, he's, we can do. whenever he's on the show, whenever yeah. he's dropping in the show. So Howard decides to do a redo. And he says that he is so committed. He comes out in an op-ed, I should say, with his wife, Sherry. Apologies to Rachel. And he says, look, I'm so committed to the issue. I understand that race together didn't go the way it should have, but I'm so committed to this issue that I'm going to double down. I'm going to actually start a whole initiative nationwide. I'm going to pull in other CEOs from other massive companies, and I'm going to start to hire what he calls, and actually, to be honest, what we called opportunity youth. We No, we seriously did frame that phrase to describe 16 to 24-year-olds who are unemployed and who didn't graduate from high school. So years ago, the company that we were running called that, branded them opportunity youth because they had been called disconnected, disconnected young adults. Yeah, from right? our mouth to Howard's ears. Right. But the thing that's really important about this, it's while the CEOs in the Valley were calling it a product failure, Howard knew that this wasn't just a one-off. This is a vision he had. And just because one iteration of the vision didn't work, he faced the brutal facts. And this is Jim Collins's from good to great's great lesson, right? Great leaders face the brutal facts, but never lose faith. So he kept his vision. Well, he's a data geek. Okay. So when you talk about facing the facts, 
in order to do a, a redo, in order to do a 2.0, you have to have information. You have to know what you're facing. And then you need to also do what Howard did, which is to have a clear vision for what what really matters. So Howard said, what really matters to me is getting young African-American, largely in Hispanic kids employed. And I don't care that the first time I tried this, it failed. I'm so committed to this vision. Right. And that really, failure separates the men from the boys, not because only men get back on their horse. It's the men who get back on the same horse who say, I am not now going to launch, you know, Starbucks in a red cup when before I was doing race. He was actually really committed to the race issue. So much Just more, because this iteration failed doesn't mean that his vision failed. So much more credible to do a redo when yeah. you're not, quote, pivoting, which is another word in the Silicon Valley space. This isn't a pivot. This is a restart. It's saying, I'm going to be so crystal clear with you about what I'm trying to accomplish that, yes, we failed the first time, but we're right. going to keep this path going right. forward. One is the how and the other is the why. And he is completely consistent about the why. And I think it actually showed every other CEO in America who was talking about it as a product execution failure as being one inch of topsoil, whereas Howard is a deep, deep <laughs> bed of soil I would like to plunge my <laughs> arms into Stop it. grab by the roots. Okay, now I'm, now I'm vomiting a little <laughs> bit in my mouth. So with that lovely thought in mind, I think we need to shift and focus on our guest who's going to come in right after this short break. Jordan Rudin is going to help us take a look at the question of what happens when you can't just bounce back? If you're not Howard and you don't have the ability to just restart, what happens when you have to, your entire life pulled out from under you and then you have to rebuild it? And you ask the question, well, what really matters and how can I do it differently? So when we come back, we're going to hear from Jordan Rudin, who is a digital marketing expert and the founder of Acres Media Group here in New York. So we're going to be back talking to Jordan Rudin after this short break. with Rachel Bellow and Suzanne Mushin on WGN+. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne Mushin. I'm here with Rachel Bellow, and we have Jordan Rudin in the studio with us today. Jordan is the founding CEO of Acres Media Group here in New York, and before that, he was the head of production for Good, which is the first and certainly most serious social purpose media company in the world. And he also did production. He managed production for Yahoo. He was he was a big dude in California, had a big life really early in the whole, you know, production digital marketing world. Jordan, we are so glad you joined us today. Thank you so much for having me. So you have a story to tell, and that's why you're here. And let's take that story all the way back to when you were living in L.A. 
Tell us about what your life was like in L.A. day to day. Tell us what that looked like. Life in L.A. was actually pretty great. Um, you know, I was working at Good, which was a really terrific job. Uh, mornings were spent on the bike training and riding with my buddies, and evenings were spent harvesting terrific food from my garden and cooking dinner. You were a um, competitive bike rider? I was a pretty serious cyclist mm-hmm. and endurance athlete when I lived in Los Angeles. Spandex and- shorts. Men in tights, the kind of the whole thing. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's, it's a good look. It's a good look, the bib shorts and everything. <laughs> so, you know, doing my thing in the mornings, riding bikes in the mornings, working all day. And in uh, March of about 2011, I just had a flu the likes I've never had before. And just from there, things just started to go downhill. Like I just didn't have energy. I just wasn't right. I was confused. And by the fall of 2011, we knew that there was just something seriously wrong. Like you had never bounced back from that flu in March? uh, I had good days and bad days, Mm -hmm. but it just slowly deteriorated to a point where by the time the fall came around, I was like, I'm not okay, and we don't know what's going on. And we started the rounds with the doctors. We've been to the emergency room a couple of times because I would have, like, these episodes where I just, like, could barely move and I couldn't even see straight, and we just didn't know. Oh, it's so scary. And your wife was probably scared out of her mind. She was pretty frightened, and she put on a really tough face at the time, and she is a big part of why I'm well today, just her care and persistence so what to happened? get me well. What happened? So I was finally diagnosed with something called chronic fatigue syndrome, and I was told by, um, this was from a leading chronic fatigue specialist, uh, that I would probably likely never get better. Oh my and God. Oh my God. That was at age 38 years old. It's like, hey, this is going to be the rest of your life. Um, and there's really no protocol or plan. We're going to start throwing stuff at you and see what sticks. Well, how, how many people have this? Is this like a big thing? Millions of people in America have it. It's a real orphan disease. It's a real serious issue. There's been a lot of discussions. What does um, orphan disease mean? Something that there's really like no plan or treatment for. It's a very small population, and there's basically no NIH funding, which would be a whole separate conversation because that's um, really in the news right now about the lack of NIH funding for this disease. Okay, so you're given this you know, sentence, and your reaction was what? First, you kind of go into mourning for the life you once had because everything you know is now forever changed, and it's really scary. So I stopped working, obviously no more cycling, uh, tried some recovery techniques, tried a bunch of medicines, even tried to go back to work for a short time, and that just did not work. Did good stay with you? Did did How did you afford this? So good is a small business, so they didn't have like a big corporate right. cushy disability policy. But good was super supportive. I was living on state disability and good kept me on their insurance for about the, my first three month leave. Then I went back to work for a couple of months to try to make that work. That failed miserably. And because you just couldn't put I in the hour. Fun- I just yeah. couldn't function. Oh, I don't even God. I don't even remember going back to the office when I went back. Like I could barely remember even being there. So then, so what did you do? So So finally we realized uh, not getting better. Um, We decided to move back to New York. And, you know, I have to realize that I was so sick when I came back to New York and we flew back. I had to be wheelchaired through the airport. I could not walk from one end of the airport to the other. (sighs) And while I was here, a very serendipitous chance encounter with these two doctors. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dr. Alfred Sloan and, and Dr. Grovit put me on this protocol of nutritional supplements, high-protein diet, low-inflammatory diet, and exercise. And over about a year on this very unique protocol, uh, I started to get well. Had, had they had success with this with they've others? They've had a handful of success. This is a very new treatment. Um, Dr. Sloanum treats pediatric mitochondrial disorders. Dr. Grover is a nutritionist. They have a point of view that this is a uh, muscle disorder caused by a viral event. How did you experience getting better? Was it day-to-day micro increments, or did one day you wake up and you thought, oh, my God, I might actually be able to get better? Actually, it was really slow, and as the doctors had predicted, it was actually going to get worse before it got better. And so I actually wanted to quit a few times, and again, my wife to the rescue, Jen, um, she just pushed me, like, just keep doing it. They said it was going to be hard. And slowly but surely, I started to get well, and you can just little by little do things. So, you know, getting well has two parts to it. One, physically getting well, and then two, breaking down the guardrails that you have built to protect yourself. So it starts with, hey, I can drive the car. Hey, I can drive the car on the freeway. Hey, I can now get to the city. Okay, now I can take the subway. Now I can go see clients. Now I can, you know, function. So piece by piece, little by little, um, it it takes very long to get well. It's not like one day you're well. And they really don't consider this a cure. They just consider it like in permanent remission. I maintain my exercise prescription. And still all the prescription, all the stuff they all do. The, so no prescription medicines anymore. It's just these supplements, which are energy-producing supplements. And, you know, we talked in the last segment about um, Jim Collins' saying the sign of a great leader is facing the brutal facts mm-hmm. while still keeping the faith. So did you do both of those things? Had you really faced the brutal facts? And were you, not just Jen, but were you keeping the faith? It was very dark and hard sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It was really challenging to just, like, not want to be a puddle on the floor. Um, Facing the facts, you know, a key with, like, these things is, like, just staying off the Internet. Yeah. Oh, I can tell Rachel that. Rachel's the queen of I have a cut on my finger and I'm going to die. Yeah. The Internet is a very dark place for a serious illness like this that has, like, no plan or path and a lot of different mysteries around it. So, um, you know, it was just, like, I just wasn't ready to lay down yet. Okay. So now you get to New York. You're starting to take the guardrails down. Is that when you had the idea to launch a new company? Like, when did that happen? When did you start getting the focus and the motivation for that? So as I was getting well, I started doing some volunteer work for uh, nonprofits around town. And from working with them and speaking with them, I realized there really was a marketplace and a need for 
uh, businesses to strategically tell their stories and distribute those stories in a really thoughtful way. So really great, you know, strategy plus storytelling is what drives customer engagement, whether it's for a nonprofit, a social impact business, a financial services firm, whatever those are. Boy, were you on the crest because if there is a single trend right now, it is storytelling. I don't know if that was by design or just kind of from what I knew from, you know, working at Good and, and background and, and other pieces. But the idea is just that um, having to untangle how to best place these stories on like the incredibly intricate world we live in. There's so much noise and attention is the most precious resource. So it's interesting to me that what you decided to do, sort of like our friend Howard, was keep going with the thing that you were already great at doing. I mean, you hear stories of people who've had that kind of a life setback and decide, you know what, I'm going to go live in India. Right, I'm going to go But do- you decided to just keep going to almost, as we said about Howard, we are comparing you to Howard Schultz right now, are you? <laughs> Are you good with that? I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. Hope he's okay with that. I'm sure he is. <laughs> a little threatened, but I think he'll be okay. But you doubled down. I mean, you decided, uh, I'm not going to go off the rails. Right. I'm going to actually you keep going. You could go volunteer somewhere. Yeah. Or something, but you were like, no, actually, I'm going to make a go of it. And, you know, we know from experience this that Acres Media Group is a hugely productive and focused company. Knowing who you are, knowing what you're good at. And playing to those strengths is yeah. is what is going to drive success in you and your business. And and speaking of driving, are you biking anymore? We're not back on the bike yet. Um, I can basically do everything but like hardcore endurance work. After I leave here, I'm going to go work with my trainer, and we do a lot of isometric work to continue strengthening. Um, Did you lose a lot of strength during that period? I was weak and puffy. Ugh. Ew. It was really gross and gray. Huh. Oh, nice. I have one verbal tick I'm interested in. When you tell the story, you use the word we. Is the we, like we're not back on the bike yet. Is the we you and Jen? It's me and Jen. Yeah, she was such a core part. I mean, she moved us back cross country. Um, We, you know, initially had to move back with my parents at age 40. She was working in the city, maintaining her job. It was so when really you say hard. we're not back on the bike, you don't mean you and your parents and Jen. No, but, she, but, in, no, but it's amazing I know, I that understand. he incorporates Jen I, I, yeah. into this story because that's maybe a huge piece of this story. So why is Jen not here in the studio? Damn it. She had to work. Yeah, oh. Somebody had to bring oh, in the bacon. <laughs> somebody has to bring home the health insurance for the entrepreneurs. Uh, exactly. So, Jordan, tell us about how you look at your business differently now than you did when you were that guy in L.A. I think like one of the biggest changes is my point of view almost on the whole world. I mean, sure, I got sick and I got well, and that definitely changes your perspective. But going out on your own and starting your own business, um, you really start to look at the world in a different way and not as a grind or not as a day-to-day job, but as like just complete opportunity. And Mm. the very cool thing is that there's actually a lot of opportunity out there for people who are willing to put in the work and the effort. It's so not glamorous. It's so much work. Um, But if you can be smart about it and look for the opportunities, they're out there for, for you to take. And so are you finding that business is growing organically? Is it growing the way you expected and wanted? Are things going well? Things are going amazing. I'm feeling very fortunate. Um, All the business has been referral business and through my own network, and I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, I know you were going to add in there how thankful you are to have met us. Actually, the Q was a big part of meeting Rachel, which was a relationship that I got from one of my other clients who introduced me to Vin, which brought me to Q. So just to interrupt for a second, Q is the New York Committee on Urban Entrepreneurship, which is sponsored by the Municipal Arts Society, a group of New York-based entrepreneurs. 
And that's how we met and very thankful. Then I came to Q through my network, through some of my existing clients. So uh, the business has grown as myself. I have a staff member and I have a huge roster of freelance video makers, filmmakers, infographic designers, writers. And this is uh, based on the model that I ran good, which is keep the team lean and pull on a network of the best people. So this is definitely the trend now is the the Hollywood model, which is a very lean central studio and then a large network of independent contractors. And that's been a big part of it is just pulling on my network of years in production. So, you know, just access to just incredibly talented filmmakers, designers, writers. But, you know, it takes a lot as from our experience, Suzanne, when, you know, there was a lot of back and forth at our old company about whether to own the talent or to outsource it. And we got a lot of pressure to outsource you wanted to own everything, but the, the, well, I oh, because I felt like we were putting millions of client dollars that we could have kept. It was going out the door every day. Yeah, and also it does take an enormous amount of energy and time and focus to manage independent contractors. It does. It's it's always kind of balancing out feeding the beast. Yeah, and keeping it lean and ebbing and flowing as production Just allows. like that's the story of our life, Suzanne. Do I feed the beast today <laughs> or do I keep it lean, right? We like to keep it lean. So Jordan, this is an amazing story of a restart and we're your big fans. You know that. Thank you. So tell everybody else where they can find you, where they can find your work. What should they look at? Uh, you can go to my website, acresmediagroup.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, Jordan D. Rudin. Um, and if you just Google me, I will turn up at the top. That's so Jordan cool. Rudin. Way at the top. And what is Acres? Why did you name it Acres Media Group? So someday I am going to own a farm in upstate New York, and I'm really a big fan of farming. And But when we think about the way we tell these stories and that we think about the way these strategies lay out, um, it's all about organic growth, doing things that are organic and appropriate for the company, the client, whatever Great. it might be. Love it. Okay, so you know where to reach Jordan. If you want to follow our show, you can find it on WGN Plus, the app. You can go to WGNplus.com. You can go to iTunes, look for our podcast, Big Payoff Radio. And if you do that, you should review it because that's how we climb the charts. Review us. And you can follow us on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio. And you can like us on Facebook, Big Payoff. And you can like us in person also. Well, most people already do that. Uh. We'll be back in just a minute after this short break. Listening to the big payoff with Rachel Bello and Suzanne Mushin on WGN Plus. Welcome back to the big payoff. So to end the show, I want to ask Rachel a question. So we're talking about redos today, about do-overs. What was yours? Do you have one? I'm about to have one. About to announce a new partnership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. No, my biggest do-over that I can remember lately is that, you know, I was in New York for 25 years, raised my kids, and then moved to Boston for eight years, and then decided that I wanted to move back to New York. 
I needed to recenter my life here. Thinking that I was just going to take over where my network left off and everything was going to... It is a big deal to move as an adult and try to reignite a network, reconceive yourself in the city. Eight years is too long to just pick up like you've been on vacation. It was a do-over in a very big way. You've done an amazing job, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it differently. That's the other thing is you're different, so you have to do it differently, right? What's your do-over? I think my marriage. I mean, I don't say that lightly. Which one? It's not like I've had 12. (laughs) Um, No, I'm I'm being honest. I got married really young. I got married at 24. Yeah. And quickly had two kids and, you know, woke up one day at age 33. Really, to be honest, although it's cliche, 9-11, I was 33 years old. And actually, the month before 9-11 happened, I had been in Israel And there was a bombing at a Sabaro on Ben Yehuda Street, which is the big main drag in Jerusalem, and was with 30 people on a program, and the bomb went off. Everybody I knew was on that street. And then I came back to Chicago, and a month later, it was 9-11. And I woke up one day, and I thought, you know what? I'm 33 years old. And I have my- Age of Jesus in his- Was, Mm -hmm. you know how I am with Jesus. I know. BF. And I thought to myself, I have my whole life to live over again from my birth until now, and then I will only be 66. And maybe I'll even have another life to live over after that or part of one. And if I'm not going to stay with my husband that I have now, for I knew in my heart that I wouldn't make it to 66, what am I waiting for? I mean, the kids are babies, so it's not as if yeah. it's going to get any easier right. for them. right. So, and we were talking during that time. Oh, yeah. I was talking to you constantly. Yeah, it was like the do-over conversation. The do-over. And so you make this choice, you know, talk about facing the brutal facts, although yeah. they weren't data-driven facts. My facts were I was unhappy, I was young, I had little children. You were five pounds overweight. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was probably the opposite because I was so stressed out. Oh. But Well, then why did you leave? Exactly. (laughs) So I do feel like that was my do-over. Yeah. And the do-over part is that you're very conscious in your second marriage of, oh, wait, this pattern came up before. I'm not going to do that. You're you're super conscious. Right. And like we were talking about with Jordan, I didn't decide after that breakup to just go off road. I didn't decide, you know what, I'm going to move to another city and start my life as a, you know, farmer, lesbian, right. I really wanted to be in a healthy relationship. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to live a life that was like the one I was living now, but just better. So we both did do-overs and we're you know, we're doing them. We're doing it. So that's the story. We'll be back to the big payoff next week with Rachel Bello and me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.